You're welcome to another episode. We are looking at the book of Ephesians, God's perspective about the believer. And before we begin today, can we just say words of prayer? Father, we thank you for the dispensation we are in. The dispensation where your intentions and your purposes are no longer mysteries because you are unveiling it to us. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your kindness. We thank you because it pleased you to show these things to us. We thank you because it is not by our power, not by our might, but you are doing it through the Holy Spirit that has been sent to us. We give you all the praise. We ask you that you will strongly come through for us and for everyone listening, that you open their ears, you open their eyes, you open their hearts, you open their mind, you open all their senses to comprehend this wonderful mystery which you have ordained for our glory. We truly bless you, for in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. We've been looking at the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, from verse 1 to up to 10. Uh, we'll continue today from 11, but as is the norm, we like to read from verse 1 again down to verse 10 so that we can have um, full understanding and we can have context of what we are reading. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the Beloved in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, wherein he hath abounded towards us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he hath proposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times it might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. Verse 11, In whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. 12, That we should be to the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Christ. 13, In whom you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of of your salvation, in whom also after that he believed, you are sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession, unto the praise of his glory. Let's focus our eyes on verse 11. He said, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. Now we should have here at the back of our mind is that we have obtained an inheritance. 
And the question we should now ask naturally is what is that inheritance? When you say an inheritance, you are speaking singular, isn't that right? You are not talking about the promises of healing and all that. The promise it is an inheritance. So what is the inheritance? What is the inheritance that we have obtained? But before we begin to look at the inheritance we have obtained, he said, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. So we can also say that God preordained that we should receive this inheritance according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. So this is the will of God about the believer. And the will of God, what God willed to us, is an inheritance. Now, the, what this inheritance is, is what we'll begin to look at. But I'm showing you that by design, before you are formed, before in your mother's womb, before God created the world, God have actually designed that we'll obtain an inheritance. The things that God does are the things that gives him pleasure. So we can say here in verse 11 that it pleased God for you to have this inheritance it is his pleasure like i said if it is god's will it is not your will so let's look at what that inheritance is in verse 14 of the same chapter you will see here that paul also spoke about another inheritance in verse 14 he said the holy ghost is an earnest the word earnest there is down payment so it's an earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory we are going to look at that but i'm trying to show you that in verse 11 you see here that he said in whom also we have obtained an inheritance but if you go to verse 14 you will see that the bible talks about an inheritance which is to come so because in verse 14 say which is the earnest of an inheritance until the redemption of our purchased possession but if you look at verse 11 you now say he said we have obtained an inheritance it means that these inheritance are different and we are going to look at it uh, i want you to come to the book of genesis uh, with me the first is that the whole bible is a book of inheritance you will see that the whole bible it's all about inheritance whether it's the inheritance that we inherited from Adam or the one we inherited in Christ. If you look at from the beginning also, it talks about inheritance. Genesis chapter 15 um, from verse 1. And now the, the backdrop of Genesis chapter 15 is Lot was kidnapped and Abraham has rescued him. We now come to this place where Abraham refused to take anything out of what um, he had brought back except to give a tithe out of it to a priest, Melchizedek. Now in 15, God now came to him. So we are going to read that account now. Say, after these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abraham in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abraham, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. And Abraham said, Lord God, what will thou give me, saying that I go childless, and the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus? So I want to stop here and explain to you how this ties in with inheritance. After Abraham has refused to receive anything materially from the king of Sodom, God came to him on the strength of that, and God said, I am not just your shield, that's your defense or your protection. I am your exceeding great reward. Now, what this means for us is that God was saying to Abraham that the reward of following me is me. 
I am your inheritance. To have me to yourself is the reward of following me. But you look at verse 2, you find out that Abraham couldn't comprehend this. Even though he was a man of faith, he couldn't comprehend it. And he was saying, what will you give me? When God had already told him that, Abraham, it is beyond having a child. The reward of following me is me. And today, a lot of us come to God, we think the reward of following God is material things. After God saved you, God took you as an inheritance to himself. That's why the Bible says that you are bought with a price. So when God saves a man, God takes that person as his own. So you are God's inheritance. And by extension of that, God is your inheritance. So God's perspective about you is that you are his inheritance. You belong to him. Just the same way he also belongs to you. You know, we say that word casually when we say, I am yours, O God, and you are mine. And what that means is that you are saying that I am your inheritance. You are my inheritance. What a privilege to say that. That the God of the world, you can say, you are my inheritance. You are my reward. And for God to look to us and say, you are my inheritance. It always goes hand in hand. It's a two-way thing. Jesus will say something like this. Abide in me as I abide in you. If the Bible says that we have obtained an inheritance, it also means that we are also God's inheritance. God was speaking to Abraham here. He said, I am your reward. So what you are going to get for following me, Abraham, is beyond the sun. You are going to get me. You are going to have the whole of me. You are going to be acquainted with me. Your life's hustle is going to be all about me. At the end of your life, what you are going to be happy that you found and you've gained is me. Isn't that awesome? It's amazing the privilege that God has bestowed on believers. So he said to Abraham, I am your exceeding great reward. When the Lord used the word exceeding and great, two synonyms in one statement, is just to show you the magnitude of what you've received. And that's why you see here that he said, I am thy reward. So this had happened. He said, I am all you will get. And if you have all of God, you have everything. Because if we look at the book of Genesis from beginning, it has always been a matter of inheritance, like I told you. The blessing that God blessed us from the beginning is a blessing of himself. So what Adam lost in the beginning was the fellowship, the relationship, the inheritance, which is God. Which is something that God restored back to us in Christ Jesus. So if you look at Adam and if you find the fact that not everybody was always accounted in that genealogy. Adam and Eve also gave birth to many children. It was not just Cain, Abel and Seth that they gave birth to. I want to show you that quickly in Genesis chapter 5 verse 3. It said, And Adam lived 130 years and begat a son in his own likeness after his image and called his name Seth. And the days of Adam after he had begotten Seth was 800 years and he begat sons and daughters. What I want to say to you is that why it was important for Eve to say that Seth is a replacement of um, Abel, that shows that there was a purpose, there was a destiny that Abel could not fulfill. So, Seth was chosen divinely to continue that lineage. And you will discover that immediately Seth was born. What happened? The Bible said that men began to call upon the name of God. God chose the genealogy of Seth to continue a lineage 
where they will have a walk with God. So that's why the fact that Cain was not dead, when they began to recount the generations of Adam, which generations Jesus came out from, is from the genealogy of Seth. That shows us that the inheritance that God has placed upon us, that God was going to restore, was more of what? The blessing, the reward, which is God himself. What Adam lost in the garden, I say that again, that what he lost in the garden was not his dominion because he could still multiply. He could still bear children. We could still have dominion over the fishes and the seas, over the fowls of the earth, over creatures upon earth. And we can see that even in the days of Noah, that that dominion was still there. But what they lost was the fellowship to see God as their inheritance. So in the genealogy of Seth, we find out that Noah came out. From Noah, we find out that Shem came out. From Shem, we find out that Terah came out. From Terah, we find out that Abraham came out. From Abraham, we can, by extension, look that David came out and Jesus came out of that genealogy in the flesh. So what we are saying is that the blessing that was there, that man lost was the blessing to call God his own, to say, I belong to this person, to say, and I have God as an inheritance. God is my exceeding great reward. That is the inheritance from the beginning. The blessing that Abraham received was on the strength of being from the family or genealogy of saints. So that blessing has always been there in the family. And that's why you see these siblings squabbling that happens in the bible Cain and Abel there was strife also that Ishmael and Isaac there was strife Sarah said the son of this bond woman shall not share the inheritance with my son that's why they find that it was from the loin of Abraham that Ishmael came out he was also separated God said my covenants my blessings shall rest upon Isaac which means that despite the fact that Ishmael became a great nation you still find out that when the genealogy of um, Abraham is recounted today, like you will find in the book of Matthew, like you will find in the book of Luke, you will see that they didn't count Ishmael as part of that genealogy. Why? Because the blessing that we are talking about here is the blessing of having God as your reward. So that is why you could find out that though Ishmael was rich, for someone that was called a prince, having 12 prince. So the fact that Ishmael was rich, it does not mean that he had the blessing. Please, are you following me carefully? For the fact that Esau also inherited everything that Isaac had, because we read the account that Jacob left home having received nothing except a staff by which he walked out of his father's house and he went to Laban and never came back to that house again. You still find the fact that the blessing that the father had blessed him still remained to have a walk with God. So you find that, that in the genealogy as you, as you look at, many people we are cut off. Many people we are not recounted to be part of that blessing, of that genealogy. Because that the blessing we are talking about, the exceeding great reward is God. So every man you find in the genealogy of Jesus was those that, that had that walk with God. So the blessing is the work with God. The blessing is God. And that is why we see in the scripture that he said that, Abraham, I am your exceeding great reward. What Abraham gave to Isaac was his work with God. What Isaac gave to Jacob was not physical possession. Was his work with God. What Jacob also gave to Israel was his work with God. What 
the other people received down to Judah and down to David that we can point out today is the work with God. So the inheritance that we are talking about is the work with God. And that is why we can say, you are mine and I'm yours. This is what separates us from the old world. Now I want to show you this principle in scriptures. Let's look at the book of Genesis 48 and we'll just read briefly. And it came to pass after these things that one told Joseph, Behold, thy father is sick. And he took his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. And one told Jacob and said, Behold, thy son Joseph cometh unto thee. And Israel strengthened himself and sat upon the bed. And Jacob said unto Joseph, God Almighty appeared unto me at laws in the land of Canaan and blessed me, and said unto me, Behold, I will make thee fruitful and multiply thee, and I will make of thee a multitude of people, and I will give this land to thy seed after thee for an everlasting possession. And now thy two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, which we are born unto thee in the land of Egypt, before I came unto thee into Egypt, are mine. As Reuben and Simon, they are mine. Verse 6, And thy issue, which thou begettest after them, shall be thine, and shall be called after the name of their brethren in their inheritance. What Jacob was saying to um, Joseph here is that, I take them as an inheritance. So you find that, that it is a principle in scripture that people can also be taken as an inheritance. Um, Jacob was not the one that begot Ephraim and Manasseh. He still didn't take the fact that he said here clearly that these children are mine. I take them to myself. They belong to me. I am their father. And by that extension, he pronounced blessings upon them. And the blessing he pronounced upon them was the same blessing that he had received from Abraham. The blessing for the children of Israel was a piece of land, physically. But it was to show them a far exceeding um, understanding that God is their reward. Because that blessing came as the, from the strength of a promise unto Abraham. Now, this is what I'm trying to call your attention to. So, he blessed Ephraim, he blessed Manasseh. Now, Ephraim and Manasseh are also a type and shadow to us. Manasseh is the first, Ephraim is the second. But you find out that Ephraim was chosen. Hallelujah. You find out that Ephraim was chosen instead of Manasseh. Ephraim means fruitfulness, being fruitful. Manasseh means to forget or causing to forget. And you'll find out that this is how it operated in the scriptures. That even Esau being the first was not chosen. Even Cain being the first was not chosen. Who was chosen? Abel. When Cain slew Abel, Seth had to replace Abel so that that blessing might come. Seth is a replacement, is a substitution of Abel. Because the Bible called the, um, the generation of Abel, it called them righteous. Seth replaced Abel. The last one was always chosen. Even down to David, you find out that the last was chosen. As you read along in verse 14, Genesis 48, 12, he said, And Joseph brought them out from between his knees, and he bowed himself with his face to the earth. And Joseph took them both, Ephraim in his right hand, toward Israel's left hand, and Manasseh in his left hand towards Israel's right hand, and brought them near unto him. And Israel stretched out his hand, and laid his hands upon Ephraim, who was the younger, and his left hand upon Manasseh, guiding his hands 
wittingly from Manasseh, for Manasseh was the firstborn. And he blessed Joseph and said, God before whom my father is Abraham and Isaac did work. So can you see that mention? Did work. The God which fed me all my life long unto this day. And the angel which redeemed me from all evil blessed this lad. And let my name be named on them. And the name of thy fathers, Abraham and Isaac, let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. So what you find out is that he was transferring the blessing that he had, which is not money, which is not material possession, but which is on the strength of the work and the relationship that they have with God, the covenants and the promise they had with God. He was transferring it on this kid. And if you look at verse 17, he said, And when Joseph saw his father laid his right hand upon the head of Ephraim, he displeased him, and he held up his father's hand to remove it from Ephraim's head unto Manasseh's head. 18. And Joseph said unto his father, Not so, my father, for this is the firstborn. Put your right hand upon his head. Verse 19. And his father refused and said, I know it, my son. I know it. He also shall become a people, and he shall also be great. But truly his younger brother shall be greater than he, and his seed shall become a multitude of nations. And he blessed them that they saying, In thee shall Israel bless, saying, God make thee as Ephraim and as Manasseh, and he set Ephraim before Manasseh. So you will find here that Ephraim became the son of Jacob's right hand. Just like the same way that we are now talking today that God had set Jesus at his own right hand. In the same way, the right hand shows the place of fulfillment or of blessing, absolute election. So Ephraim and Manasseh can represent to us as well um, what we see between Adam and Jesus. Adam, we know him as the first man, but Jesus is the last Adam. It pleased God that in Jesus will the seed multiply. Just like Isaac also, just like Jacob also, who was the last born, who it was not meant to receive the blessing, received the blessing as well. In the same vein as well, just like Ishmael was the first, Abraham's first, the last for Abraham according to genealogy was Isaac. It pleased God to still choose to put the blessing upon the last. In the same way, they were type and shadow showing to us that we will inherit God, a work with God, something that is rich and far more exceedingly greater than gold in Jesus Christ. Please, I hope you are following this analogy just to show you that the inheritance that we've received, that Paul was talking about, we have obtained this inheritance in Jesus Christ. He said that the nations shall be multiplied in Ephraim. Just the same way that we've read that God said that in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Now, in Galatians 3, Paul made mention to us that that seed that he was talking about was Jesus Christ. But you see, this is an allegory as we look at in all the scripture that it was not financially that that blessing that you are transferring, that inheritance that was transferred on and on was not physical possession, was the blessing of the work of God. That is what God said, Abraham, I am your exceeding great reward. And that is why God chose the nation of Israel. God didn't choose the nation of Ishmael, the Midianite. God chose the nation of Israel. 
on the strength that that blessing of a work was transferred with them. That is now why God called Israel his people. When God called Israel that you are my people, God is saying you are my inheritance. And that is littered all through the scripture. For example, look at Exodus, Exodus 15 from verse 16. It said, Fear and dread shall fall upon them. By the greatness of thine arm, they shall be as still as stone, till thy people pass over. O Lord, till the people pass over, which thou hast purchased. You now see the word redemption, which thou hast purchased. Verse 17, it said, Thou shalt bring them in and plant them in the mountain of thine inheritance, in the place, O Lord, which thou hast made for thee to dwell in, in the sanctuary, O Lord, which thy hands have established. The Lord shall reign forever and ever. What Moses was saying here is that God shall dwell in Israel. God shall dwell in his people. Israel shall become a sanctuary to God. The people whom God wants to dwell in. The people whom God wants to fellowship in and have a work with. That's what Moses was saying here. So when he said, In thy sanctuary, O Lord, which thou hast made to dwell in. The sanctuary, O Lord, which thy hands have established. And that is talking about Israel. Today we are the sanctuary of God. Isn't that right? We are the temple of God. How did that come about? Because of the redemption that came by the blood of Jesus. So, just the same way God redeemed um, Israel from Egypt, we were redeemed out of the world. Just the same way Abraham was called and set apart from his family, so also we are called and set apart, that we may be holy. So, when we are set apart by God purchasing us, after we are redeemed, God owned us, God became our inheritance and we became his inheritance. So what Paul was saying that we have obtained an inheritance according to his purpose so that in Christ Jesus, God chose to have all the whole world as his inheritance. And that is why God is filling our hearts, filling our receptacle today. And that is why we can say, God, you are my inheritance. And we'll look at this in the next episode extensively, but this is the beginning. I trust I've laid the foundation. So my next week, we'll look at this. So thank you for listening. My name is Paul Aremoulua. Bye.